Welcome to the Real Birth Podcast, the show where real parents share real birth stories and get really honest about how it went. You might be a first-time expectant parent, or on your eighth baby. Perhaps you're a birth worker, or maybe you just love learning about birth. Whoever you are, you are welcome here. This podcast aims to educate and empower listeners through the real stories of mums and dads. I'm Lucy Hill. I'm a doula, a mum of a toddler, and a complete birth nerd. Join me as I invite all kinds of parents to share their stories of pregnancy, birth, and beyond. I hope you enjoy this week's episode. Hello and happy Wednesday, everyone. Welcome to another episode. Can you believe we are halfway through season two? This week, my guest is Maggie, who joins me all the way from Texas in the USA. It's incredible to me how far-reaching and universal birth stories are, so I was just absolutely delighted when Maggie got in touch wanting to share her two birth stories. Maggie's first birth was a home birth with a midwife, an unusual choice in the US and particularly in her area, and then her second baby was born in an unassisted free birth, also at home. Maggie could not imagine birthing her baby anywhere other than home, so when COVID restrictions meant her midwife wouldn't cover any home births, she invested a huge amount of time and energy into educating her family and preparing to birth without her midwife present. Maggie has so much confidence in her body and the birth process, and I particularly love hearing about the different, or not so different, care that she has received, having chosen a midwife in the US over going to the hospital for an OBGYN, which seems to be the cultural norm there. I really hope you enjoy hearing Maggie's story, so without further ado, here she is to tell her stories. so much Maggie for joining me on the podcast today all the way from the states um feel very privileged that you've joined me and we've managed to make <laughs> our timings work that's amazing before we talk about your birth stories because I know that you have two <laughs> to share yes tell us a little bit about who you are and who's in your family I have two kids um stay-at-home mom I have a boy and a girl three-year-old two-month-old it's, it's pretty much it right now just still trying to find that routine I was going to say, I didn't, didn't realize you, uh, your youngest was only two months. Yes. Yeah. Wow. He was yeah, very, very recent. Yeah. Well, kudos for <laughs> finding, finding the time and space to talk. That's, that's amazing. Sure. What did the journey towards becoming pregnant look like for you with your first pregnancy? How did that come about? It was, I, I did have a loss um, fairly early on. And, you know, with, with any type of loss, it was, you know, I got in this kind of deep depression in a way, like, why, why is my body failing me? You know, you, you go through all that negative talk, I feel like. And my husband asked me, you know, like, whenever you want to start trying again, just let me know, like, just completely leave it up to you. And, and I, I want to say, I remember reading somewhere that it, it may be good to continue trying after a loss because the hormones are still there. So that's what we did. And we actually got pregnant. Gosh, I like the next month we got pregnant and um, I, I took tests and they all came out negative though. So I was, I was so confused. So I just, you know, went about and then I got what I thought was my period, but it was different. So okay. it's like, okay, well, maybe it's just the stress. You know, I've been through a lot the last few months and it lasted a few days longer than my typical cycle does. Mm. So I was like, okay, like there's something going on. Like, you know, I wonder if I'm pregnant, like, let me, let me take a test. Let's figure out what's going on. You know, that's the first step. That's what I can do at home before going to a doctor. 
So I took the test and it came out, you know, completely positive, two bright pink lines. And I just excited. And then I just started freaking out, like, well, why am I bleeding? Mm. You know, I had experienced the loss previously and I just, I just started freaking out and I showed my husband and he's like, okay, what do you, what do you want to do? I asked him to run out and get those pregnancy tests that say like pregnant, not, not pregnant. Like I need to know for sure. Like, is this false? So we did and all of that. And I, it said pregnant. So I ended up getting in touch with my OB and let them know what's going on. I want to say that the, they had uh, an appointment for me the next day or the next two days. Something It was pretty, pretty soon. So I went in, uh, they were doing the ultrasound and she said, it looks like you're experiencing another loss. Like, I'm so sorry. It looks like, you know, it looks like your uterus got everything ready, but it does look like you're experiencing another loss. So, you know, I just, I broke down in, in the doctor office and, um, and she's like, well, let's, let's go ahead and schedule a sonogram for when, um, I want to say when I would be seven, eight, nine weeks, something pretty early on, like just to be sure. So we did that, you know, we went home and it was, it was the longest wait. And I was just, I had it in my mind that, okay, I had, I had another loss. Like, why else would I be bleeding? You know, I, I just had another loss. So the appointment um, rolls around, you know, already have it in my head, you know, just, I'm, I'm one of those people where I expect the worst that way when it happens, I'm not completely, completely upset about it. So I went in and the technician is just quiet and I'm just laying there and she just says, do you want to see your baby's heartbeat? And I just, what? Like, I was just in utter, like, it gives me goosebumps thinking about it. I was just in utter shock. So I was like, yeah, I do. So I, I saw the heartbeat and, you know, moving around and I just, I remember getting into the car and just, I just broke down. It's like, oh my God, like looking at the little pictures, like, oh my gosh, went home, showed my husband and, you know, he was just ecstatic and we were just bawling and holding each other with a little picture and, you know, everything, everything was awesome. And just such a shock, isn't it? When you completely let yourself believe. Yeah. And I'm, I'm the same, you know, if I don't, (laughs) if I don't, you know, get my hopes up, then they can't be crushed. So it's easier. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, you have been directly told by somebody that it's, you know, maybe not going to be the outcome you want, Mm -hmm. but I think it's so hard because that early on, it's, I guess, just so hard for, for them to have a conclusive, you know, answer for you. Oh, well, that's amazing then. So by that point, you know, you were, you know, you're not in that early 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 bit you're kind of a few weeks a few weeks along then and then how was your pregnancy going forward after that then it was it was very stressful because we ended up I want to say I was like 13 14 weeks along it was a little after the first trimester I woke up went to the bathroom and there was lots of blood and and comes the panic and comes the the freaking out and my husband was working nights and I immediately, um, like I texted him, I was like, Hey, are you on your way home yet? He's like, yeah, what's going on? Like I'm, I'm bleeding. So he, he took me to the ER, the, um, ER doctor told me, yeah, it looks like you're, you're having a miscarriage. 
Um, but let me take a look. So he looked at my cervix, like, but it's, it's closed, but I would honestly expect you to lose the baby. Um, let's take a look, you know, we did another ultrasound. We had so many ultrasounds with, with my daughter, my fridge is covered with all of them. Um, but you know, the baby was still there and that was the first time we heard her heartbeat. And it turned out I had a subchorionic hematoma. Mm, I've heard and about this happening quite a bit. Yes. Yes. So, you know, and then the doctor says that, you know, 50, 50, they ended miscarriage and all this stuff. And just honestly, fear mongering, like to this day, I just, that doctor will always be ingrained in my memory, just not the most helpful. And like after he left, my husband and I were on our phones, like Googling, well, what is this? What's going on? And it turns out, you know, it's, it's fairly common. Um, most pregnancies that have them do end up with, um, live births. The babies are fine, all of this. And the nurse that came in said that for both of her pregnancies, she had the same thing and she had term babies and all this stuff. And the uterus will typically heal on its own. So up until I was 32 weeks, I had, um, like bleeds here and there. We ended up buying a Doppler just like when I had a bleed, I could, okay, baby's okay. So we don't have to rush to the emergency room. Um, and in that time I, we got a midwife and she was also not concerned. You know, she's, you know, your, your uterus will typically heal on its own. Um, that's what happened with me at around 32 weeks. So for like the majority of my pregnancy, it was just trying to relax, which of course, when you need to relax, you can't relax and just stress and just, you know, I was working then and I was on my feet Mm. and it was just, you know, trying to make sure, and it was kind of a a laborious job. So I just had to make sure like, if there was anyone around, like, can, can you help me with this? Trying to make sure to just take it easy. So you mentioned, sorry to jump in, but you mentioned that you've got a midwife. So I'm interested to know kind of what your, what the options were for you in terms of your um, antenatal care and then your postnatal, like postpartum care. Um, What, what were your options that you knew about and how did you come to decide on, on the road that you did? Well, at first it's, it's, I don't know if it's the same for y'all. Um, sorry, from Texas. So we say y'all a lot. Um, <laughs> it's okay. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's very common here for people to have OBs. Um, when I told people I was having a midwife, they're what, what mm. a midwife? Like, why, why are you doing, they were just concerned. Like, well, what if, you know, they throw all these what ifs at you and then they really, were in shock and concerned when I said it was going to be a home birth. Mm. And, you know, so many people were like, well, why? Like they would try to talk us out of it. And um, back when I went to college, I took a lot of women's studies classes and I read so many heartbreaking stories of mothers and hospitals and just all, all the trauma that they went through. And I just, I knew then like I I will not have a hospital birth unless it's completely medical necessary. Um, I, I, I will opt for a home birth no matter what. And when we got pregnant and told my husband that he was a little, little wary. He's like, okay, like I'm a very research conscious person. I just, when I'm interested in something, I research and research 
try to get all the angles until I'm comfortable. I am all right with that decision. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we ended up going with um, the midwife and she's more on the medical side, um, which I wanted a little more of a holistic approach towards it. But it was one of those things where, well, she's, she's already paid for, let's move forward. And here our medical system, it it isn't the greatest, especially for hospital births. Mm. You're paying anywhere from 8,000 to like 30, $40,000 for mm-hmm. whatever it is from basic births to C-sections to whatever it is your insurance decides to cover and a midwife here, I want to say we paid 3000 Bro, That's so, a lot less, isn't it? Yes. It's, it's still a good chunk of change, but it's a lot better than having to fork over like 10 grand. Yeah. I think on, on the whole, like in the UK, we're just absolutely astonished that you would have to pay to have a baby. But I mean, our healthcare system has so many problems. We are, we are in, you know, we've got situations going on, but the thought of having to worry about your financial health of your family must be really frightening. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's stressful, you know, and it's just, you know, for any, any level of your income and, you know, your home life. And it's just, Mm. it's just ridiculous when you think about it. Yeah. You know and I mean? it's, it's surprising if, if more people, that more people don't choose home birth, given that it is less expensive. Yeah, but I guess well, it's just culturally expected, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That too. Um, I do know here birth centers are starting to become more popular. I'll get into that with my second birth, but mm-hmm. the midwives that we had, they were um, building their birth center. So their only option was home births unless you had to be transferred. Okay. But yeah, and I did all my um, prenatal care with them. And it was, it was nice because all my appointments were at home because they didn't have like uh, a home base basically. Yeah. So when the appointments for about an hour, you know, checked me, checked baby, answered any questions. It was just it was very nice not having to rush to go to this appointment and deal with traffic and all that stuff. And then, um, postpartum, uh, she, for them, um, you're under their care for the six weeks after birth and that's for me and baby. Okay. So, and they, and it's, it's the same thing. The appointments are about 45 minutes to an hour, you know, checking your vitals, all of that. And then a lot of emphasis on, um, how are you doing mentally? How are you doing emotionally? Um, a lot of, a lot of that, um, which, which was nice. Cause I know a lot of moms say, you know, we get like maybe two, three appointments maybe with, with OBs and they don't talk about mental health or anything like that. And it's, well, no wonder a lot of new moms struggle, you know, it's, it's, it's so sad that mental health isn't seen as important as it really is. Mm-hmm. Luckily that's, I feel like that's really starting to change for a lot of women for a lot of people so Mm. that's that's good yeah tell me about the kind of last few days and weeks of your pregnancy and did you go into labor spontaneously how did how did all that go I I laugh about it now because I just remember how miserable You know, I just, all I wanted to do was lay on the couch and watch TV. That was the only way I was comfortable. I did make it to 40 weeks. 
it started with I woke up with Braxton Hicks, which, you know, that's normal, no big deal. And then they just started getting a little more intense. You know, it's just, hmm, like what's what's going on right now? My husband's great grandmother had recently passed and he was about an hour, hour and a half away at her funeral. So that's in the back of my mind, like, okay, what if this is it? Like <laughs> trying, trying not to freak out on my end, um, just trying to remain calm. You know, well, let's see, you know, I, I know it could be false labor, all of that stuff. So it just progressively started getting stronger and stronger. It's like when I woke up that morning, it didn't stop until I basically gave birth to my daughter, like three days later, honestly. So my husband ended up coming home around one. And before then I was texting him like, okay, where are you? What's going on? Like, is the funeral over? Like trying to probe without him getting worried. Yeah. Because the last thing I need is for him to freak out, get in a car accident on the way home, and just mm-hmm. so he came home. Um, we let we let our midwife know it, this was about the evening, and it just kept kept going. There was no stopping it. We let her know, and she's just okay. And I had an appointment with her the next day, so she said, you know, just just rest, just get plenty of rest, and I'll see y'all in the morning. I I don't remember that night. But I want to say it was hard for me to sleep. They were starting to amp up a bit. And that morning she checked me. I was about two to three centimeters long. She had other appointments to tend to. She said she would check back with us later on in that evening. Like, okay, that's fine. So, you know, in the meantime, my husband and I, we we picked up some food. We walked around the neighborhood. Um, I sat on the my birth ball whatever to kind of get things amped up a little bit more and she came back and checked me and I I was at like a four or something like that and so she ended up unloading her stuff and she had another midwife colleague they came um and that whole evening um this is about so it all started on Thursday is when I woke up with the the Braxton Hicks that progressed and so we're on Friday evening and me and my husband are just like walking, walking around the house, going up and down our stairs and sitting on the birth ball and the midwives are just hanging out. Just they checked my vitals every so often. I want to say probably very early in the morning around 2 or 3 a.m. They checked me and I was at about a seven. But the only difference now is that the midwife found out that baby was breech. Okay. And whole time we thought she was head down okay she's like okay we have a few decisions to make had she worked that out just from checking you and being able to have a feel of of what was going on okay yeah yeah she she checked and she could feel the baby's butt I want to say that's a frank breach I believe yes yeah so Um, had you had your waters broken or was this she was yeah it it was still intact okay wow could feel it through the um through my waters um yeah So she's just, okay, you know, we have some decisions to make. You can either continue what you were doing. She was, she is an older midwife. She's done lots of breech births at home. So she has experience. Or I could go and go to the hospital and have a C-section. And I'm, I am deathly scared of hospitals. Another reason why I opted for the home birth. And I just, you know, me and my husband talked about it. She gave us space to talk about it. And we decided, you know, let's, let's continue going. Everything is going okay. Like her ball we have is that baby is breech. So we told her and it's, 
it's like we told her and then it's just automatic disappointment that she had to kind of continue on so I saw that and then it just I know that that delayed my my labor a bit Mm -hmm. and then you know of course hearing the word c-section and hospital that kind of put me in like oh oh god like I'm, I'm going to have to at least put that in the back of my head of a possibility um, of that happening. So I'm, you know, I know that stalled my labor too a bit. Yeah. So this is like Saturday morning and the midwives tell me, well, go ahead and sit on the toilet. So I, I sat on the toilet and they call it the dilation station for a reason. And that's when everything amped up. And I started getting back-to-back contractions. I, I'm sure I had breaks in between, but they they were very like five to 10 second breaks and then contraction, contraction, a little tiny break, contraction. Like they were just double peaking. And did you have any sort of pain relief at this point? Nothing. Um, my husband was sitting behind or standing behind me and he would squeeze my hips. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he was, he was my rock through all of it. Just, you know, you, you got this, you can do it. You know, you're one contraction closer to the baby and just, you know, I, I honestly could not have done it without him. Um, but yeah, there was no pain management, just, just, just me and him and, and, and the toilet. And after it's like, the, we have a two-story house. The midwives were downstairs, and I guess they could hear me. I'm, I come to find out I'm a very loud labor person. So they come up and check on me, and I'm at about, like, nine and a half, she said. And, you know, the almost defeat, and, you know, I don't know how much I can do this. Me and my husband are just so exhausted. So they sat me on my birth ball, and I got to 10 centimeters then. She's like, okay, uh, she checked me and the, I want to say that the bags, the bag of water was just bulging with every contraction. So she's mm-hmm. like, okay, so they had brought a breath stool. So they had me sit on that and my husband's behind me and just, okay, uh, Maggie, just start pushing with contractions. She sat on the floor in front of me, lots of, lots of little pads, um, to catch because my water still hadn't broken at this point. Mm. And did they ever discuss with you breaking the waters and them breaking for you or was that just not brought up nope. yeah that wasn't brought up none of that um I will say even though me and her kind of clashed she was still and anytime she checked me she always consented like do you mm-hmm. want to be checked do you want to I'm I'm one of those types of people that I I need to know mm-hmm. even if it's a little disappointing to know like I, I need to mentally prepare myself for what is about to happen and nothing had broken just yet and I just started pushing and she guided me and my husband was behind me. In between contractions, he kept having me drink water. So he made sure I was nice and hydrated during all of this. And just, you know, you got it. You just, just a little bit, a little bit more. She's almost here. You got it. And her, the next thing, I, I want to say I pushed for about 45 minutes and I hear, okay, the, the baby's butt is out. Do you want to reach around and feel the butt? I was like, just okay so I I did and it's just you know the little you can feel the little the little booty coming out (laughs) it's just like oh like just a sigh of relief like okay she's almost here just a little bit more you've got this and I know that that gave me the energy boost I needed to help um, push her out the next few contractions the midwife guided or well no I want to say her leg came out first and then the midwife guided the other leg and then her body came out And then just, you know, 
the head was the hardest part. I don't think you can ever prepare yourself for how it feels having a little baby in between your legs, you know, that awkward, that awkward feeling and just, just get the baby out, just get out, you know? So that, that was my mindset. Like, okay, let's get this baby out. The next contraction, I just, I pushed as hard as I could and she was out. Um, She was on the floor. The midwives caught her kind of rubbing on her and she was immediately pinking up. Um, I want to say she had her eyes open. She she was kind of looking around and, you know, the midwife's doing her vitals, kind of cleaning her up and she starts crying and they kept talking about her beautiful color. She's picking up. And so me and my husband are just like in awe of what just happened. There's, you know, our baby's on the floor and she's starting to cry and the, the midwives wrap her up in a towel and I hold her for the first time. And it's just, I, I had a friend over who did some of the, our birth photography for her and she kept those minutes or mm. those moments and it's just like I'm sure you can hear it in my voice it's just yeah, thinking it's, about it it's yeah it takes you right back doesn't it yeah it does yeah. It's like like almost yesterday but it's been three years yeah. you know so she was obviously absolutely fine was she kind of brought to you after after she'd been kind of checked and she was on on you and with you and your husband yes yeah. so my um she was still attached to the placenta and the placenta was still inside so I'm holding her and then maybe about, gosh, no more than 10 minutes, I could feel like, oh, I think the placenta is coming out and then just plop, there it is. Yeah. So I handed, um, I handed our daughter over to my husband. One of the midwives swooped up the placenta and they went over to the bathroom. Um, they continued, um, you know, checking on her and all this stuff while the other midwife got me up on the bed and was checking me over, making sure, you know, I wasn't hemorrhaging, anything like that. She was very surprised at the fact that I wasn't losing a lot of blood. Um, and I contribute that to taking just a lot of, I took a lot of supplements. Um, okay. Cause I, I did deal with anemia. So I did whatever I could to make sure to bring up those levels. So I want to say because I was, I had a lot of anemia issues. She was expecting blood loss, okay. I believe. But I remember her surprised that I wasn't losing a lot and she cleaned me up and saw I had a second degree tear, um, which, you know, totally on me. I just, I wanted her out. I just pushed as hard as I could. She, she stitched me up and I took my shirt off and they brought my daughter to me and, you know, we did chest to chest and, Mm. and then they, they guided me to, to nurse and all of that. And that was, that's incredible. (laughs) <laughs> uh, and oh my gosh just looking back there off you know all the people that had kind of said oh you know why are you having a midwife why are you having home birth and then it must have been really amazing afterwards to be able to say oh yeah and she was breached and I just did it and it was amazing yes yes I'm, I'm still riding on that high if you, if you <laughs> haven't noticed like I'm someone brings up uh like birth and you know labor and all I'm like oh by the way it's it's so empowering to me and you know, I worked so hard and I'm just so proud of myself for doing and going through that, mm. you know, my, my husband too. And just, you know, I'm, I'm going to brag about it for to whoever will listen, <laughs> you know, and you. Just, yeah. And my, my daughter knows too, like, Hey, you came out, but first and all, all this stuff. Like when we were prepping her for my from my son's birth we watched a lot of birth videos and so how how was your initial after your baby was born that kind of postpartum time for you it was it was a little hard 
um, I was starting to feel that depression. Our midwives did take my placenta and I, I had it encapsulated and almost like that. I want to say it took two to three days before I got it back. And I just, each day I had to wait. It was just like my mental state was just getting deeper and deeper. And so I finally got my, um, my placenta um, pills back and I took one and it was just, it was just night and day difference. Like I'm on this, this high of, you know, I just had a baby and, you know, and we're, we're nursing and nursing was a bit of a struggle in the beginning. She had a very, um, I don't want to say strong. I can't remember the word, but she had a lip tie, a very severe lip tie. So it just nursing was painful, which we didn't get reversed until she was about two months old. So for two months, I just, I struggled. And, you know, looking back now, I really wish I would have reached out for help, um, you know, just some guidance. And um, it was, it was just struggle bus. And I just remember dreading each time she would Mm. nurse because it was just, it was just so painful for me. It's so hard though, because you've never done this before and there's so much talk about oh well it does hurt a bit at first and actually that's really not helpful because we should be letting people know that it shouldn't hurt and if it does hurt at all the best thing to do is to find someone who can help you you know so yeah I, a lot of people do I think just kind of think oh I'll keep going I'll keep going and then eventually you know they eventually it eventually will get past it and it just yeah it's hard you know and I mean after her reverse her lip tie reversal like she immediately started gaining weight and just nursing came came so easily I hate I hate to say that phrase but it just almost like oh so this is how it's supposed to feel like you know and I ended up nursing her until I was about like 20 20-ish weeks pregnant with my son and she was about two and a half so for two and a half years I nursed her so that's amazing after having your first baby and having that incredible empowering experience at home what were your plans for another baby and what were your thoughts when you did become pregnant about what you wanted for this birth the my pregnancy with my son was just night and day compared to my daughter like after like I I knew when he was conceived and I knew when I I was pregnant and with with uh, my pregnancy with him it was just very intuitive like I just I just knew when it was time to take the tests and I saw those, those pink sign, those pink lines. And I just got a wave of it's a boy, like baby is a boy. And wow. I, I, it was father's day actually. And so that's how I told my, my husband was on father's day. And like I, my daughter and I decorated a little card and, you know, love me. Um, our daughter's name is Eowyn and baby number two. And he's like, wait, what? <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> there, there was no bleeding. There weren't any issues. Great. Which, you know, I went in expecting it. You know, I went through it before. I hear it, it can be common. So, you know, I had that mindset, you know, I did it with my daughter, you know, I can do it again if possible. But with with that, with my son's pregnancy, um, there was just no issues. The only issues I honestly dealt with was with our midwife. This, you know, this is after, um, you know, he was born in March, not too long ago. And, you know, so in between him and my daughter's birth, there was the pandemic. Yeah. 
which we're still kind of experiencing. And, you know, I just feel like it's part of our normalcy now, which is... In terms of your plans, were you thinking that you would hire the same midwife and go try and have the same kind of experience? Yeah, so initially we uh, decided, okay, we'll hire the same midwives. You know, they said that we can try for a home birth, but chances are you might be giving birth at the birth center. And that just didn't sit right with me, but they were just, they said, you know, well, when we get closer to it, we'll see how things are and we can, Mm. we can talk about it some more. And was that because of things that were going on with the pandemic in terms of whether they would come to your home and staffing levels and things? Yeah. Initially that's, that's what they said. Throughout all of my appointments, they were all telehealth appointments, all just like what we're doing right now. They were just all Zoom appointments, um, which was nice, you know, not having to rush to a doctor appointment, all that stuff. So that that was very nice towards maybe, gosh, like about 30 ish weeks. I brought up, can can we try to do a home birth? Like, I really want a home birth. The more I think about it, the more anxiety I'm having to deal with just thinking of having to go to a birth center. Like I'm just like the birth center just didn't sit right with me. And I'm not knocking anyone who's had a birth center birth or anyone who's had hospital. It's just, it wasn't what was right for me. You know, something just told me like, no, I I don't want to move forward with that. You've had a great experience at home. So you know what you can have. Hmm. Exactly. And I'm, I'm very much a homebody. Like I'm, I'm an introvert. I'm, you know, I prefer to be home. That's where I'm comfortable. That's where I feel the safest. And that's where I know my birth will progress at home. If I go anywhere else, it's going to be anxiety and fear. And my biggest issue was I don't want it to be stalled. I don't want it to be a hospital transfer because it got stalled. You know, that's where my mindset was. And we ended up, or I went to um, one of my, uh, like, you know, how towards the end of your pregnancy, you do back-to-back appointments. The very first one, I talked to the midwife about having a home birth and she just, well, I can't really climb stairs anymore. And like, well, we have a downstairs. She's like, well, I'd have to lug all my stuff. I'm like, well, I can, like me and my husband, we're more than happy. Whatever you feel um, comfortable with us bringing to our house, we're fine doing that. Mm. all I got were just excuses. So it just felt like they just didn't want to do home births anymore. Right. And I just felt like if that was the case, can you please just say that? So I was just, I was just very frustrated. And after, after my daughter was born and you know, you're in that birth high, you're in that birth world, reading different birth stories and all that stuff. And I came across unassisted births or free births. And I was just, what is that? So I looked into it, I researched into it, and it's just basically giving birth without any type of medical assistance, any type of medical professional there. The more I looked into it, the more I just, I, it's just, it's hard to explain. I just got this feeling like that's what I need to do. That's what I want to do. I remember talking to my husband about it after one of my um, midwife appointments, just so frustrated. And because she's, she's very much she's an older lady and very much like, no, this is how it's going to go. And just very close-minded. And it's, it was just so frustrating. Like me, me and her honestly clash. Like I, I do regret signing up with her for my second pregnancy, but it's, it's one of those things where, you know, it's, 
and she was paid for. So we, we did look into the contracts, like, well, what will happen if we fire her, you know? Mm. So it was just, my husband didn't want to have to deal with getting a birth certificate on our own. It was with our midwives here is they have all that paperwork for you. Ironically enough, we ended up having to get his birth certificate on our own. So I, I was talking to my husband, I want to do this at home with just me and you. And, you know, we planned on having someone watch our daughter and he's just, I don't, I don't know if I feel comfortable with that. And, um, I was like, okay, well, let me, let me look into this further. This is the route I would like to go, but let me look into this. Let me make sure I feel comfortable enough. And then I will bring you back into the conversation that ended up happening and talking to him about it. And he, and he's still not comfortable. And I, basically told him, okay, well, I hear you. I see where you're coming from. And I understand this is the birth I want. This is my body. And this is what's going to happen. And he, he kind of took him aback a bit and um, he had just gotten to work. So we spent that whole work shift kind of with that, thinking about that. And when I talked to him the next day, so he's like, you know what, you're right. It's your body. I will look into this too. And I told him, I was like, well, let's sit down. Let's write down what your fears are, what your concerns are, why you don't feel comfortable with this. We ended up doing that. And his biggest concern was me hemorrhaging. Like, okay, you know, that's completely understandable. I ended up getting into like a Facebook group and I bought a book about unassisted home birth. And that is like the unassisted birth Bible. It has everything in it, positions, um, pain relief, what you can expect. And it's, it relies a lot on tinctures for, you know, for hemorrhaging, you know, you take, I I forget what it is now. um, But we had it on hand, I had it all written down for my husband in case, you know, if I if I pass out, do this, if if I'm hemorrhaging, do this, you know, and if it's not in control and um, in a certain amount of minutes, call EMS. It's interesting as well, because I think not many people know that going into hospital or a birth center immediately increases your risk of hemorrhage. Yes. You are so much less likely to hemorrhage at home, but obviously that's people's Mm -hmm. number one concern, but it is interesting how people think it's going to be a huge problem at home when it's much more likely to happen to you somewhere else. Yeah. When, when people ask like, well, what if you hemorrhage? What if it's just like, you know, I, I knew the statistics, like I'm not concerned about that. I understand you are, can you not push your fear onto me? You know, and I would lead with a lot of those conversations and then that would just shut them down. Me and my husband, you know, uh, he was comfortable with it. And I would listen to a bunch of podcasts on unassisted births. Me being the research junkie that I am, I wanted to be able to prepare, okay, if babies breach again, what do I do? If I'm having a hard time pushing, what do I do? If baby gets a little stuck, what do I do? Oh, these positions, boom, boom, boom. You know, if that doesn't work, then, you know, me, my husband had a mental game plan. And the only real, um, like we talked about, okay, if there's a real emergency, what do you want me to do? So I told him, you know, just, just call EMS, but it just, you know, we had a game plan. We felt prepared. We felt confident. And right when I hit, you know, and I continued with my appointments. um, I was going to say, how, how are you managing that? Were you kind of because I have heard of people who get to a stage and, you know, they've done all the research and they feel very confident in an unassisted birth if if that situation arises. And they kind of don't tell the midwife just because they kind of want to go along with it, receive the prenatal care and then 
And then it's up to you where you give birth to your baby. Yeah, that's that's pretty much what we did. Yeah. So I continued with my with my prenatal care. And you know, anytime she's you have your bag packed, yep, okay. So you're good for coming with the um for the birth center. I'm like, yep, okay, you have someone to watch AON. Yep. You know, I just I just basically smile and nodded on my appointments. Mm. And it just I started really listening to my intuition towards the end of pregnancy. Like when I decided to go unassisted, it's just this huge flood of just relief and like I could just feel baby wanted to be born at home. Mm. And I know that sounds a little crazy, but it's just, it's hard to explain. Like I just. You must've been quite reassured by the fact that you had birthed a baby before, you know, not that first time mums can't have a great home birth, but the fact that you've already had, you know, a vaginal birth at home with, and you know that you've been able to do it without pain relief. So, you know, you know that you're capable, you're a hundred percent confident that your body can do it. So there, there must've been an added level of confidence for you there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Yeah, completely. I've done this before. I know what it's going to be like. I know each birth, each labor is different. Um, I remember that just, I have never been more confident in my decisions than when I was preparing for the unassisted and when I was laboring with my son. It's incredible. I think people can get their backs up and get quite frightened when you start talking about unassisted or free birth, but it is a really valid choice if you are like you are very, very well informed and you have a plan for every eventuality. I think people get this idea that free birth is just kind of oh I'll just give birth at home and and see what happens and nothing will go wrong it's Mm -hmm. it's more about okay well what all these things could happen and here's how I can handle all of them in a really really informed and evidence-based way amazing so you were feeling really good then and what happened when your labor started it's it's so funny right around 36 weeks you know I was dealing with um, Braxton Hicks throughout the pregnancy and it they just started feeling different And, you know, keeping in mind, well, the way I went into labor with my daughter, you know, everything started that one day. So I'm like, well, maybe that's happening here. So we thought baby was coming. We called my friend who was going to watch our daughter. And I tried, you know, we walked around and then it just, it just stopped. It just stalled. Uh, And so from 36 weeks to 40 weeks, that's what I dealt with was the prodromal labor. Wow. And it even got to a point where like, whatever, no big deal. Like just, you know, like the boy who cried wolf, like, okay, sure. So I dealt with that for a month, you know, and taking, I'm a stay at home mom and taking care of a toddler too. And just, it was just starting to wipe me out. It was starting to affect my sleep. And a little after 40 weeks, um, I decided to take a melatonin to help me sleep. Like I'm not, I'm not getting the rest I need. You know, maybe that's why um, labor is kind of stalling. Like, let me get the rest I need and let's see, let's move from there. Cause I was pretty much at that point where baby's going to come when baby's ready. Like I went to 40 with my daughter. I expected 40 with my son. So I was already in that mental state. I know I wasn't going to be pregnant forever. It felt like it, but I I knew that wasn't going to happen. I took that melatonin, had one of the best nights of sleep and I woke up and I started feeling the prodromal labor, but they were stronger. So like, hmm, okay, that's a little different. So I want to say that was like, uh, on, on a Thursday, my husband came home and they kind of stalled. So like, okay, well maybe, maybe that's not it, you know? And then 
I remember laying on the couch that night, him and my daughter, they were in bed, they were sleeping and, you know, having, having a bit of me time and they were starting again. They were a little bit stronger this time. So I tried different positions, you know, drank a lot of water and okay, they're getting a little stronger. Like, okay, this is interesting. So it all started on, on a Friday. My apologies. Um, it started all on a Friday. So Friday night, that's what I'm dealing with. And my husband had to work Saturday morning. So I texted him while he was sleeping, like, Hey, this is what's going on. Check with me before you leave. I think this may be it. I remember trying to get some sleep, but they were to a point where it was just, it was too uncomfortable. They were too strong. I ended up waking up with him and he's like, well, what do you, what do you think? What do you want me to do? And when he works Saturdays, it's just cleaning. He goes in and cleans for a few hours and he, he works at a big manufacturing plant. So Saturdays they go in and they clean the big, the big tubs, the big, all Mm -hmm. of that stuff to get it prepared for the next week. So, and that usually only takes like three, four hours. So I knew, you know, if this was it, he wouldn't be gone long. Um, His supervisors knew what was going on. So I told him, just go ahead, go to work. If I need you, I'll text you and I'll let you know. So my daughter and I woke up at about eight and they were still, still going strong and they were getting a little bit stronger. And about 10 or 11 a.m., it got to the point where like, okay, I can't, I can't do this without him. I need him to come home. So I texted him and like, all right, I'm on my way. He came home. We called. Our, so we had two people lined up to watch our daughter. One, um, her son had a swim meet out of town that weekend. So she wasn't available. And then my other friend, she had a family emergency. She had to take her grandpa to the hospital that morning. Wow. And I, I like, yeah. And I remember planning out, okay, who's going to watch our daughter and just having this weird feeling. Like I have a feeling it's just going to be the three of us, but let me, let's plan this out. Let's get someone to take care of her. But I, I kind of already knew that she was going to be with us. So he comes home and he makes us a good apostle lunch. It, you know, fills me up with carbs, energy, all that stuff. Um, I order a smoothie. I'm a big smoothie person. Mm-hmm. So I, I get this giant like 32 ounce smoothie and I'm just laboring downstairs and it gets to a point after I eat, I'm like, okay, we need to go upstairs. If we don't go now, I'm not going. We get upstairs and I tell him like, I, I want a bath. I want to get in the bathtub. So I labor in there and I, I go in between the bathtub and the bed. Uh, I, I, you know, the bathtub and then the bed. Then I went back to the bathtub and I remember being in there. And this is only a few hours after being upstairs and just like, I feel like I need to push. Like there's, there's no way. Like it's only been a few hours. There's, there's no way. Like just, I just kind of push it to the side. <laughs> and I started doubting if I could do this. Like the pain was starting to get to a point where, oh, so this is what it felt like, you know, it felt like with my daughter. And I had bought a a, a comb because I hear you can do that counter pressure for the pain mm-hmm. management. So I ended up doing that. That was like my main um, pain management. That way you're gripping a comb in your in your um, hand so that the kind of yes. teeth of yes. the comb push down into your palm. Exactly. Yeah. During any, during the, um, my contractions, that's what I would do. And that, that helped me a lot. And my husband was squeezing my hips too. And that last time I got out of the, I got out of the bathtub and I'm on the bed laboring and I was on all fours during, during majority of my labor. That was what felt comfortable. Um, I wanted to try for water birth, but I just, I just did not feel comfortable. 
So I just, okay, that's out the window. Let's do what, with what feels comfortable. What is my body telling me it needs me to do? So I was on all fours on the bed, still feeling like I needed to push. And then all of a sudden, like my body just starts pushing on its own. And I know that that is the fetal ejection reflex or the FER. My body was, and it was, you know, and it's not like pushing. It's not, it's like my body's heaving this Mm. baby. People say it's like throwing up in reverse. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You're throwing out of your vagina is what it felt like. (laughs) Like I saw that description somewhere. I was like, yep, yep. That was it. That's what that felt like. So I had my husband check me and he's like, well, I don't, I don't know. I can't, I can't really feel anything like, okay. So I, I ended up checking myself and looking back now, that was the baby's head. Right. You know? He was already in the birth canal. Like I can't, I don't remember how far, but I definitely felt baby's head. Baby was coming. My body just starts like during each contraction, my husband would, I was, I was on the bed. He was on the floor and he would just hold me as my body was just pushing. And as my body was pushing, I was trying to push too. towards the end of that. I asked my husband, like, do you have the camera set up? And he's like, yeah, let me, let me do that real quick. So me and him are, are, we're working through contractions. We have the TV on for our daughter. She's like in the background with her, her little um, headphones because noise, noise bothers her, loud noise. And I'm, I'm not a quiet laborer. So every contraction, I'm like literally roaring this baby out and she looks and she like, she can see, and we watched a lot of birth videos to prep her. So she knew she knew ahead of time because I, I really wanted her there. She wanted to be there, but she looks over and she just, it's so cute. We got it on video like oh, baby. So she oh. like yanks off the headphones, gets on the bed with us and she's there. Her and my husband are helping me push this baby out. That's and amazing. I just, yeah, it was, I'm getting goosebumps again. And, you know, I managed to, uh, he crowns, I get his head out and I ask my husband is, is the head turning? Cause I knew if the head was turning, it means he wasn't stuck. And he's like, yeah, yeah. Head's turning. Um, he's having, you know, the mucus, all the, all the liquid come out of his, out of his nose, out of his mouth. He's good. I'm like, okay, cool. And between contractions, I just took deep breaths. Just, okay. He's almost here. You got this. You can do this. So the next one, I just, I pushed him out and, and he just, he came flying out. My, my husband caught him and just, oh, oh, he's here. He's here. You know, just hearing my husband just all excited and he's, he's getting choked up and he's just, he's starting to, he's starting to cry. You know, he caught him. He, he did have a cord wrapped around his neck, Mm. but we knew that that happens with most births, Mm. you know, babies do that. So that way their cord doesn't get stuck in the birth canal. Yeah. So we knew he was fine. Exactly. Like we knew he was fine. He was getting the oxygen from the cord. So he, my husband unwrapped him. And he handed him over underneath me and he laid him there because I just, you know, I just, I couldn't hold him just yet. Like I needed a breather. Yeah, that's really common, actually. I think. Yeah, it's exactly. The, the mother's gaze or something they call it, where actually it's okay for a baby to just lie there for a, for a moment while you yeah. just take them in before they get yeah. the scoop. Yes, exactly. So I'm still on all fours. Baby is right directly underneath me. I'm looking at him and me and my husband are just kind of sobbing to each other. You know, our heads are touching. It's just a very emotional moment. And, you know, our daughter comes off the bed and just, oh my God, baby, baby. You know, you hear her in the background. She's so excited and she's, 
still utterly in love with him from that moment on. Mm-hmm. And I manage, he, my husband helps me lay down and uh, we're still on the bed and, you know, I'm, I'm holding him and I'm just, I'm just sobbing and he's starting to turn pink. Um, he still has some mucus, some liquid in him. So we had um, one of those bulbs. Mm-hmm. I, I can't remember what they're called, but we start suctioning him. You know, I'm, I'm laying there. My husband's checking on me. Um, he's, he's checking to see if I'm, if I'm bleeding. And he's like, no, like he's, on, he was very much on top of that. And I asked him, I was like, how am I doing down there? He's like, you're, you're fine. Like it's, you know, it's the little bit to be expected, but it's not a lot. Mm-hmm. And he knew what to look for for if I was hemorrhaging he knew that's so incredible that he took that time to really educate himself because it's there's nothing worse than one person being a bit on the fence and frightened about it exactly he knew how much this meant to me and I like I said I had bought a a book and as I was reading it I like would highlight pages for him to read Mm. and then he would read it towards um the end of before labor started and all that stuff and so he was we were very much on the same page like Mm. We had the supplies. We knew what we needed to do. He's my husband. My son's on my chest and he's, he's, he's crying and he's turning pink and he's, he's breathing. And, you know, and he, he latches, he latched like a star. He, he was, he was he, like a rock star and he was, it was awesome. Maybe about 10, 15 minutes. My placenta hadn't come out yet. So I told my husband, let me, let me go pee. Cause I knew that if your bladder is full, that could obstruct your placenta. Mm-hmm. So I told him like, let me stand up, let me go to the bathroom. So my husband is holding the baby and we're kind of like, you know, <laughs> tiptoeing to the toilet together. <clears throat> and right before I go to sit down, like, Oh, it's coming. And we had a big glass bowl. Yeah. So my husband grabbed it and like almost as soon as he put the bowl underneath me, just plop, here comes the placenta. Amazing. I don't remember how long we waited, but we waited, you know, until the cord was completely white. So it wasn't pulsating. We took a lot of pictures of my son connected to his placenta. That's one of the things I regretted not doing with my daughter. Like mm-hmm. I, I was able to see her, her placenta and all of that, but I never got any pictures. It was just me, my, my husband and my daughter. And we were just like in that birth bliss, basically, like just That's on incredible. that. That's Mm-hmm. oh so how did you did you then have to get in touch with your midwives and say we had the baby and how did you play that <laughs> so he my son was born at, at 5 38 and you know I'm laying on the bed I'm nursing him my husband sitting next to us like we're all on this high and like my husband had checked me and like okay you tore again I'm like okay that's fine I expected it because I literally roared out my son mm. And I was like, well, let's get in touch with the midwives. This is about seven. So a couple hours later, like, well, let's get in touch with them. Let's let them know what happened. And we, we came up with these excuses like, oh, it just happened so fast and all of this. And, you know, no one was able to watch our daughter, which that was true. Yeah. Um, labor did happen really fast. I did take a lot of supplements that would help soften my cervix um, that I do believe attributed to uh, my labor going a little faster than with my daughter. I mean, besides it being the second birth, mm-hmm. um, but we, my husband texted her and she was just immediately, you could just feel the anger and the tension through that text message. She's like, you, you need to get here now. Why did you wait so long to let us know? And so on and so forth. And if I regret anything from my birth, 
it's packing us all up and going to that birth center two hours later. I can't believe that she even suggested you do that. Exactly. When all was well, why couldn't they have just come to you for a quick check? Yes. Like that. And that when my husband had texted him like, Hey, baby's here. It happened so fast and and so forth. Can you, or the other midwife come to the house? And she's like, no, we, we aren't set up for that. We aren't, you know, just excuses, excuses, excuses. So we packed everybody up, me and my husband, our newborn son, who's two hours old, and our three-year-old. We pack up, we head over there, and this is at like, uh, we got over there around 9 p.m. One midwife is checking my son, like we're in one of the birthing suites on the bed. One of the midwives checking my son. The angry midwife is checking me, and she's being very rough with me, you know, and it's just she's like, well, I would recommend stitches. I'm like, and I'm thinking to myself, I know I tore, I know what I can do. Cause I looked up, I researched that. Well, what can I do on my own? So I knew what I needed to do. And I was just, you know what? I don't want stitches. Like I'm not, I'm not comfortable with you stitching me. Yeah. You know, she was just, you could just cut that tension with a, with a knife and just, and you know, and whenever she would ask like, well, what did the placenta look like? What did I'm like, well, it, it came out. I, examined it there weren't any pieces missing it wasn't torn it was like so I I feel like she should at least understand that I kind of knew what was going on I knew you know but she just she just treated me like a child like Mm -hmm. I just completely endangered me and my baby and all this stuff and and it's just I wouldn't have done this unless I was completely confident that me and my baby were safe yeah people don't do stupid things like that exactly any sense of something's wrong I would have immediately gone somewhere. You know, there's no way I would have put us in danger. To her, what I did was just, you know, was just dangerous. And and just, and I just felt like saying to her, well, you gave me no choice. I pleaded, I asked, I, you know, I, I tried to work with you Mm. for a home birth and you just ignored me. You know, I told her my anxiety, my fear regarding this. And she just. And what does, what does she expect? Somebody's going to do that eventually, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's so like the other midwife, it's almost like, she's like, yeah, she did it. She (laughs) she did it on her terms. And you know, the other midwife just, just so angry. And so they checked us and they checked my vitals. And of course, cause I'm in this stressful situation with the midwife, you know, my anxiety is a little high. And, you know, after having to come over here a few hours after giving birth. So my blood pressure was high. So they kept me there, checked it again. It was still high. So my husband ended up going to the other midwife. Like, can you check her blood pressure instead? Because the older midwife is who's stressing out my, my wife. Mm. So she did that and it was starting to come down. And I talked to her, I was like, well, I, it's been a while since I've eaten. I'm tired, you know? And she's like, yeah, that can attribute to like, she, she understood. She's like, this is what's probably attributing to your low, to your high blood pressure. She's like, go home, get a nice meal. They lent out a, um, I forget what they're called. The blood pressure cuffs. Yeah. Yeah. The cuffs, they, they lent one out to us. You know, we went home, we ate and checked my blood pressure and it was normal. Totally, totally fine. No issues. It just goes to show, you know, the situations that you can put yourself in. Yeah. But. Like I said, if I regret anything, it's packing us all up and going there. And the whole time I'm there and she's disappointed and with my high blood pressure and just the whole time I'm just laying there like I'm fine. Like my baby is fine. I'm fine. Mm -hmm. We're good. 
Like I'm, I, I honestly just came to get him checked out and to get stitches. Yeah. You know, I didn't get stitches and he was fine. And so after these two incredible experiences and taking so much into your own hands and learning so much and being so empowered, is there any kind of particular resource that you found really useful um, for somebody who maybe is thinking along the same lines as you? Yes. The Facebook group I was a part of, it's it's run by a midwife, Heather Baker, um, free birth and assisted birth. And just anytime I had a question or like, well, what if this pops up? I would just Google that or not Google. I would type that in that search bar in that group and there would already be a thread. Amazing. So I would read the thread. I would read the comments until I felt comfortable and confident. And then she also wrote a book. I want to say it's the same title as the Facebook group you know, mm-hmm. um, unassisted birth, free birth. Um, those were my resources. And also just listening to unassisted birth podcasts, you know, like I made sure I listened to a wide range of them and just, mm-hmm. you know, leading up to my son's birth, I, I felt completely confident, you know, like I knew me and my husband had this, That's amazing. you know, whatever would be thrown at us. We, we had a solution for it something did come up we had a plan for it and you know and I if we have a third baby I would totally do this all over again well thank you so much for sharing your story it's been such a pleasure um I'm just so thankful for your story I can't wait to share it thank you thank you for having me how incredible was Maggie Making the empowered choice to birth unassisted takes courage and power and her son's birth truly sounds like it was a life-changing experience. It's really easy for people to feel very uncomfortable with the idea of an unassisted birth, but it is as valid a choice as choosing an elective caesarean. The problem comes when women and families are having to make the choice to birth without medical professionals, not because it's what they truly want in an empowered way, but because of cuts and restrictions. So I live in the Bath Somerset area and all of our community births, so the home and birth centre births have been cancelled for over a year now. Women are choosing to free birth because they don't want to go to labour ward, whether it's because of past traumatic experience or simply because it's just not where they want to give birth choosing free birth because it's the least awful option isn't true empowered choice but it is happening and I can't say that I blame anyone else who takes this route as I know that I would consider it if I was in that position. I'm so thankful for Maggie for sharing her experience of free birth and how she went about planning this. I know that it will be hugely appreciated and valued by so many listeners. If you know someone who would enjoy this episode please do share it with them. That is all for this week. We'll be back next Wednesday with another amazing birth story. In the meantime, if you would like to connect with me, I'm on Instagram as Real Birth Podcast and on Facebook, The Real Birth Podcast. You can email me, which is lucy at realbirth.co.uk. And if you have the opportunity to rate or review the show on whatever platform you're using to listen, I would so appreciate it. Thanks so much and I'll see you again. Bye.